Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin Mobile Studio in the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. Here's Greg Matzek. Yep, one final time for us, as my crappy used to say, it's Jelly's Last Jam for us at Summerfest on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Greg in for John, Bob Rainer handling sports. Debbie's got a look at your roads, and Sandy Max is here. Greetings, Sandy. Happy Friday. What a beautiful day here for Summerfest. Gorgeous. This is the weather we wait for all year long. This is the vibe that we wait for, just this communal leisurely summer stroll along the lakefront with a cup in your hand and the music in your ears and bumping into friends along the way this is that Summerfest vibe i'm glad we're here yeah some great stuff tonight here at Summerfest. we'll detail that throughout the program a lot of fun stuff three stories that we're following this afternoon this is the three at three on wisconsin's afternoon news And, Sandy, we start with some potentially breakthrough news. The Food and Drug Administration has paved the way for a major step forward in the fight against Alzheimer's. Yeah, the name of the drug, the trademark name anyway, is called Lakembi, and it's received accelerated approval as a treatment for early Alzheimer's, uh, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. So the idea is that this medication will slow the progression of the disease when taken in the early stages of Alzheimer's. However, there is no evidence that this treatment will restore or reverse lost memories or cognitive function. So uh, it is more of an early onset Alzheimer's sort of medication. It's also a very expensive medication, at least currently. Uh, if you were looking for this drug for a year, roughly $27,000. So it, there's a lot to sort through in here in, in terms of what insurance will help cover Medicare, Medicaid, and all that kind of stuff. But it's available. And they expect this to sort of pick up at, at some point in 2024 uh, as it continues to become a little more I guess, widely accepted and administered. Yeah, and the practice and, and understanding side effects, but overall, doctors seem to be saying that this really can give people hope. It can extend those memory years to make the most of those before the Alzheimer's progresses too far. Good breakthrough here in the yeah. world of medicine. What else do we have today? Ocean Gate will not be sending any submersibles underwater anytime soon. Yeah, shocking, right? Couldn't see this one coming. Ocean Gate, the uh, owner of the Titan submarine and the submersible that imploded during a voyage last month, killing all five people on board, says via its website that all exploration and commercial operations have been suspended. The company's CEO also perished uh, in that disaster in the North Atlantic. I don't know if the future is for Ocean Gate and how you recover from something like this, but the level of trust from a passenger spending a quarter of a million dollars to do something similar in the future, I'm not paying that money, right? I may seek an alternative method to uh, have some fun. But I think you may not be that extreme adventure explorer breed. I think it's a niche market, as people like to say, and I think it's that indomitable spirit because the co-founder still had the website up. It only just put up that one sentence yesterday saying, okay, we're no longer doing commercial or personal trips. So not folding up shop completely, yeah. right? But they, they definitely need a retooling, to put it mildly. And I'm sure there's an investigation influencing Certainly. that close of business decision. And finally? Well, speaking of business, how about big business? For the first time ever, a publicly traded company is valued at three trillion dollars. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. It's Apple, and that should not be a surprise. But to put it in perspective, that valuation is double Google. 
<laughs> right? Just let that sink in for just a minute, will you? So I think everybody thought Apple was just going to kind of fall apart after Steve Jobs passed away. And he was a brilliant man and worked with Microsoft to keep Apple afloat when they were sinking like a stone. But really, it, it, Tim Cook has taken this this business from a $350 billion business to a $3 trillion business. And you're right. I don't know that people saw that because Steve Jobs was such a persona and such a, talk about extreme adventurers and, yes. and people who think in a different way. So for Tim Cook to have taken it to, you're right, $3 trillion. And I don't think it's over. The predictions no. are yet another major company in this tech world will be $3 trillion. I would be shocked if that didn't happen. It's so, uh, predicted Apple, to be Microsoft. And, well, that's the next biggest, By right? They're about two and a half, two mm-hmm. and a half trillion uh, around this point. So, yeah, Apple doesn't really have an issue paying out its $105 billion annually in investor dividends. No issue there. We got that covered. Apple, a $3 trillion business. That's the three at three for a Friday. Hey, big news on the sports media landscape. You may have missed this yesterday. Zora Stevens, our Tuesdays with Zora guest here on the afternoon show, is leaving the Milwaukee Bucks. Where is she going? What can she tell us? She joins us after this. Well, it was about 24 hours ago. We were settling into our show, getting ready anyway, while the Brewers were playing. And I noticed on Twitter a heartfelt message from the Milwaukee Bucks and then a heartfelt message from Zora Stevenson, Sideline reporter for Bally Sports Wisconsin and the Milwaukee Bucks. She did some play-by-play as well. We talked to her after her stint covering the Olympics. She was doing Notre Dame football. Like, to be Zora at this time would be wonderful. We are very sad that Zora will be leaving the Milwaukee Bucks. That is the news we found out yesterday after four years. But where is she going? What is she up to next? And how much can she really tell us? Zora Stevenson joining us on the line right now. Zora, congratulations. For what, I'm not exactly sure. But congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And I appreciate the text yesterday, Greg. Um, you all are always so great to work with. So I always appreciate the time. I know this season, I believe it was uh, either Tuesdays or Wednesdays that we always chatted. So always loved our talk. Well, Zora, I hope you've been seeing and feeling the outpouring of affection that we have been seeing on Twitter for you. Uh, you really did make the most of your Milwaukee experience these past four years. Thank you. Yes, it's um, it's super humbling and slightly overwhelming, but I'm just so grateful for my time with the Bucks and the opportunity and, and all the different things that I got to do professionally, but also personally, the memories and the relationships that I've created in the community. I just thank everyone in Milwaukee for welcoming this, what seemed like at the time, this random person from who was doing news and all you knew is that she played Division One basketball. And, and now I feel like Wisconsin has treated me as, as one of their own, as so many people said that, that the Bucks community would and... So I just look back on my time, and I'm just so so grateful. I'm filled with a lot of gratitude right now, but also super excited for, for this next step in my career. So, Zora, what can you tell us, if anything, about where you're going and what you might be doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's just a continuation of what I've been doing with NBC Sports, but on a full-time basis, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to be with NBC Sports in a larger capacity and, and continue kind of what I've been doing with them so far. So it, it'll be good. Well, it doesn't get much bigger than Olympics and Notre Dame football for NBC. That's a pretty <laughs> impressive start. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be a lot of football, so I'm going to miss the courts. And you all know I played basketball, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss the NBA. Yeah, um, NBC has basketball, so I'll still be around the sport. But the NBA is special. Um, I still get to kind of dip my feet in the WNBA, call some New York Liberty games. So 
that's definitely a, a league that, that has a big piece in my heart. But, uh, yeah, the NBA special and being able to work with the best athletes in the world is, is remarkable and hear their stories. But I'll be able to get to do the same thing just for different types of athletes, right, and uh, in their own right. But it, it's different trying to, like, close your mind and, and be in your and be present um, in a, you know, basketball arena versus a football stadium with 100,000 people all hmm. screaming. So uh, that, that's a different challenge in my respective field when it comes to reporting. Well, Zora, you're going to be the bell of the ball wherever you go because with your <laughs> world championship experience with the Milwaukee Bucks and everybody knows that uh, you're a text away from Giannis and the dad jokes, i got to think that uh, you're going to be a popular gal. Are there any particular memories you're going to be taking with you and sharing with those folks? Oh, my goodness, so many. I mean, being able to call uh, play-by-play in the NBA was huge. I mean, more than I could even imagine hosting a championship parade. But the trip to Paris that the Bucks took a, a few years ago was remarkable to experience that. And, and aside from all the grand things, it's the, it's the dinners, it's the side conversations, it's being able to watch these guys practice and work out and, and be inspired by their tenacity and, and resilience and work ethic and being able to use some of those gems in my own life. It's the, you know, just saying, hey, as you're getting on and off the plane, I, all those little things, traveling with a group of people that are all in the same boat. It's such a unique lifestyle. You're on a plane every other day. You're in a different city. Sometimes you get to hotels and you don't even remember what room number you're in because it was a different hotel the night before. And uh, taking that all in with some really, really good people who I know it's not a goodbye. It's just a, a see you later. And there's a lot of transition within the organization right now. Um, so many of my favorite people and, and, you know, I'm talking a lot of the assistant coaches and stuff um, are, are moving on to different pastures as well. So, um, I'm excited to stay in touch with everyone, and, and I know that'll happen. And Zora, I, I assume with this move will come a relocation. Will you ultimately be leaving Milwaukee and taking up a, a new state of residence? That's TBD. You know, I mean, uh, I actually, a lot of my assignments in the beginning will, will be in the Midwest. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of be around for a little bit. So, you know, I tell everybody, don't be a stranger. See me around, say hey, um, and then hopefully I'll get to go to some Bucks games with fans. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, from the seat, I've only yeah, gone to a couple. <laughs> I've only gone to a couple as a fan, and it's a completely different experience, and it's so fun, and I, and I get why the whole community comes out. It's, it's a remarkable atmosphere. Because as the press and as the media, you're always expected to be very neutral and calm, and you can't get really excited when there's some amazing play because you're the objective reporter, and you know you're going to have to <laughs> write that down later. It's like, so yeah, for you to be able to just stand up in your seat and holler and jump up when the Bratzuka gun gets going, you know, you get to be the ultimate fan. Yeah, I only got to do that. Like, I can count on one hand how many times I, I got to go to games as just a fan. I got to do it a couple times this year. I actually caught a brat. And it was, like, one of the great highlights of, of my life. And, yeah, I would say I'm pretty bad at being, um, you know, unbiased. I'll be in my, you know, little corner over there. I don't, it's been a fight before. I got a little seat right by the Bucks tunnel. And, and I find myself cheering every, every now and then. But, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be nice to do it in a, in a proper seat and to, you know, not have to worry about who's around and who's looking. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I probably haven't thought about a lot. And I'm excited to get to do it. Well, she'll be trading that microphone for a beer if you see her at a Bucks game. That sounds like a, a winning proposition. <laughs> Zora, we're so proud to call you a friend here, not only at the station, but personally. Uh, I just have always enjoyed spending time with you and talking with you. So I'm sure that'll continue. And uh, I'm going to be very proud to watch you in your next endeavor. Thank you so much for joining us, and congrats. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ.
gorgeous postcard kind of day. Summerfest coming to an end. State Fair gets rolling in August. Sandwiched right in between, of course. EAA, one of the signature events of a Wisconsin summer in Oshkosh, the busiest airport in the world, will be in Oshkosh. Joining us on the line, the Director of Communications for EAA, it's Dick Napinski. Hi, Dick. Hello. It is a great day for flying today, indeed. Uh, yes, Yes, you would have no low ceiling issues today uh, if we want to use uh, in, Ooh, nothing. In, in airplane it's terms. Hey, you know, we, yeah. we get excited about the different bands coming to Summerfest, and, and I know it, it becomes signature as part of EAA, the different aircraft that come in, and announcements have been made here from EAA. So what can people expect to see? Well, we've had a couple just confirmed this week. One is the massive B-52 bomber. It will be in Oshkosh this year. It'll be coming in. It's interesting. We have to bring it in before the event because we have to take all the runway lights down so the, the wingtips don't knock it over. And then it stays the entire week, and then we have to take the runway lights down again so it can take off after the event. Uh, but it'll be here. It'll take up probably the whole south end of Boeing Plaza. So we're very excited to have that back on the ramp for the first time in five years. Uh, part of the Air Force Training Command uh, celebration here, part of the remembrance of the Vietnam 50th, uh, looking back a half century ago. And it's just a cool airplane. You know, it's been flying for nearly 70 years now, but they keep updating it, and it's going to go, they may say, for another half century. Wow, that is some real legacy technology and the constant evolution. So a B-52 bomber, and I love how EAA preserves history. And, Dick, I cannot believe... General Douglas MacArthur's personal military transport is going to also be on display? It is. Uh, this is just coming out of restoration. It's been out in California under restoration for a decade or more. And it's a Lockheed Constellation, which is one of the most gorgeous airliners ever designed. Kind of has that dolphin back and a triple tail. But this one was General Douglas MacArthur's personal military transport, later uh, General Matthew Ridgway's personal uh, transport, and they've restored it, and they got it done. They say, what are you doing with it? We're bringing it to Oshkosh to be there. First time we've had a constellation here probably in two decades. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing that here, to seeing that beautiful airplane when it comes in. It's test flying right now in California, and just about a couple of weeks they'll be making the trip to Oshkosh. And I see, Dick, you also have, in, in a speaking capacity, brother and sister from... Great Britain, teenagers who have flown around the world. It's an amazing story, and they'll share it uh, during the week of EAA. Uh, it is. It's Mac and Zara Rutherford. Uh, they are brother and sister. They're from Great Britain, and they have flown an airplane called the Shark Arrow, very small airplane, and they've done it separately. Uh, they've gone around the world separately as young pilots, and they'll be here at Oshkosh throughout the week, and on Tuesday morning they'll be at our Aero Educate area talking about flying as a teenager by yourself around the world. You know, most teenagers, you look at them, and as a parent, I go, I don't know if I'm letting you use the car. But, you know, to have the in an airplane at that point, uh, they'll be talking about that. And it's really exciting to see some of these young pilots and maybe young people out there will get excited about being part of aviation in the future. Uh, Mom and Dad probably won't let them fly around the world, but, you know, uh, then maybe they'll get involved in aviation and find a career there as well. Plus, that is the ultimate sibling rivalry, I think. <laughs> who can fly better around the world? Who gets there faster? Who landed at what airport? Uh, who had to wait for fuel longer? All of those type of things. 
<laughs> that is a unique offering. Oh, and so many aviation craft that will be on display. 16 days away, Dick Nepinski, Director of Communication with EAA. Thank you for visiting, and we will talk with you again next week for more developments. Sounds great. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. You do the same. EAA, July 24th through the 30th in Oshkosh. Always a great time uh, for individuals, family members, and whatnot. A very busy airport in Oshkosh at the end of July. Very sticky situation in San Francisco. Alex Stone will join us from ABC to explain the details. It's 346. You ever been on a cruise, Sandy? I have. It's been about 20 years, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself and you, a lot of food. To your knowledge, did that cruise ever have what is being described as a hard landing? Oh, no. No. I, I don't know what a hard landing is, but I assume if you're on a cruise ship that has 3,300 people, you would much prefer a soft landing versus a hard landing? Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound, sound good. doesn't hard anything on water. Uh, uh, no, none of, it, none of it good. And that's the situation in San Francisco right now. ABC's Alex Stone joining us. A hard landing for the Ruby Princess ship in San Francisco, Alex. What do we know? Yeah, let's just say they crashed into the pier. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's like when helicopters, right, they go... Cut right through the semantics. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Helicopter. After crashes, it, you, you know, you'll see that it, it hit really hard, and then the FAA will say it was a hard landing. Oh, that was a really hard landing. Well, that's what uh, what Princess is saying uh, with this as well. The the Ruby Princess coming into San Francisco yesterday, they hit the pier, beat up the pier, poked a hole in the ship, had a lot of damage in the ship. There were about 3,300 uh, passengers who were on board, 1,200 crew. Um, they got off the ship. They That was the end of their cruise to Alaska. They reboarded with a a new 3,300 uh, folks, uh, passengers, uh, ready to go. That was yesterday. They're still sitting at the dock in San Francisco waiting for the okay from the Coast Guard to go. They, they paid for their cruise. They're on board. They're drinking. They're eating. They're doing the shows, but they're not going anywhere. Um, and they've been that way since uh, yesterday. And still, Princess is telling us they hope that they're going to get going tonight. They have put an emergency patch on the outside of the ship to try to get okay from the Coast Guard uh, to go. These are some of the people on board. They say they uh, they feel okay about it. I'm going. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> I have trust in the structural integrity and the ability of the inspectors to decide if it's appropriate or not. I think it's like a fender bender on a car, like when you just accidentally bump into something you shouldn't. you got to love the range there from one woman who's gone, oh, I'm just going, to one guy who's really thought about it, structural integrity, to the last one that's, you know, eh, it's like a fender bender. Well, why not? Let's just, <laughs> let's just go. Uh, and people on board say everyone's pretty chill about it. Uh, this woman's on board. She uh, called into us on FaceTime telling us. Probably about four to six months in the making for us. And we have birthdays, anniversaries. Uh, I'm currently pregnant and expecting. So we have a lot that we're celebrating on this cruise. So she says they don't want to cancel it. They are waiting. Princess tells us they're going to try to you know, get a little bit of Alaska in that once they get the, the okay to go, and then they're going to compensate all those passengers that they're sorry that, that they had damage to the ship and that they weren't able to go. They wanted to go last night, but the Coast Guard wouldn't let them go. And so, uh, so they wait, and maybe they'll go tonight. Maybe the Coast Guard won't give them the okay, but right now on the outside of the ship, there is a big, ugly, welded patch on the outside of it that uh, uh, Princess is hoping that'll do it, and then they'll be able to go. 
That's just like fixing drywall, Alex, right? You just go to Home Depot, get the kit, and there you go. Set sail. <laughs> That's essentially what they did. They had their uh, welding devices out there and, uh, you know, slap it on there and say, let's go. Oh, Alex, and that has to be a horrible feeling when that ship crashed into the dock in front of everyone. You know, I mean, like, I watch enough Below Deck on Bravo to know. Oh, I'm with you. We have so many people here, David. We are Below Deck fanatics. <laughs> I can tell you anything you want to know about Captain Lee or Captain Glenn or Captain Sandy. And we all know, don't we? That yeah. people who pay for their, in this case, cruise, but their their charter, that they don't want to sit at the dock. They want to go. And same thing here. You don't want to pay and then just sit there. Well, I'm curious about the compensation element that you touched on, Alex. I, I guess that'll be figured out in time. But uh, the, the folks who were on the boat that crashed into the pier, they got a full experience and then some. I suppose <laughs> it's the folks who boarded second uh, feeling a little bit cheated, but it sounds like they had a lot of cruise elements just not the the trip in the water. Yeah, yet. <laughs> because Bridget right, says they right. are going to get going. I think it's a seven-day cruise. They're, what, two days uh, late at this point or a day and a half late that they do want to get going. So first on the those who were on board, it, it went a little like this. When I looked out my balcony, I could see that it was spinning. All the other ports that we've gone to, it's very, very slow and subtle as we come in, real graceful. This one was very abrupt. And they say that they heard dock workers going, whoa, 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 and then they slammed into it, and, uh, and it, it, it you know, took away part of the dock. Um, and, yeah, those, uh, those who are on board right now, that uh, they probably will get a little bit of a cruise. There's, it seems like the, the Coast Guard, now that they've done the emergency patch on it, we know the Coast Guard is on board right now. They're inspecting that. They probably will be allowed to go tonight, so they'll get a little bit of a cruise. We don't know what the compensation will be, or uh, Princess isn't saying what it's going to be. Uh, maybe a free cruise, you know, something like that. Uh, we don't really know. That is unbelievable. Alex, have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk again soon. You got it. Thanks, guys.